with all the confusion and everything that's going on? Do I respond to it in the love of God or do I react to it in the flesh like everything else? All of a sudden it becomes clear in me how was my prayer life? Did I, did I panic? Did I wonder? Did I have to go to the news to get information? Or did I see that my relationship with God was stronger than it ever been? Or, you know what, my relationship with God, I needed to dive more into prayer. Come on, we're living in a day where God has opened up avenues for us to see into our own heart and into our own life more clearly than ever before. And the temptation will be my situation, my circumstances, all because of this coronavirus. It's all because of the politicians. And it'll be very easy to do that. Or we can turn and see more clearly as to what's moving in us, what's moving through us. See more clearly what Jesus has done for us and how we've laid a hold of it to the best of our ability or not grasp a hold of it. Come on. It's a time, 2020, is clarity of seeing and vision. And I'm talking about that right now because I'm talking about what do we see? What do we see right now? And, and, and you know, our message right now, what about now? So I know sometimes, you know, if we go in six months to talking about vision, well, wait a minute, I thought you were talking about now. And someday we get that back to somebody giving a testimony. Oh, no, no, we're not supposed to go back there. That's not what we're saying. There are, you know, Pastor Marshall at our, our, our 30th anniversary taught a tremendous message about regal remembrance, which if you can believe it or not, next year will be our 40th anniversary of New Creation Church. He talked about regal remembrances of things that have happened and, and remembering what God has done. And we can do that. And you say, well, I thought I was supposed to leave the past behind. There's a place to say, look at what God has done. And if he did it then, he'll do it now. And there's a place to say, you know what? There's good things ahead of us. And there's a place, but right now, right now, today, these next few weeks, I want to talk to us about what about now? What about now? Because the day that we live in, we get to the point right now where we're like, oh my gosh, if we could just wind back to 2019 or January or February, but all of a sudden, you know, from March, couldn't we just get back to normal? Or so often we're thinking, you know what, everything's changing in November. Maybe. But it's just working against us. We're either thinking, you know what, someday or yesterday. Personally, you might say, you know, I used to be skinny. I used to be in shape. Right? I used to participate. I used to be active in church. I used to, you know, I, I really, really, I used to love my job. And then we transition into that to the reasons why, and then we start to say, well, someday I'll get involved again. Someday I'll start exercising. Someday I'll start eating right. Someday I'll be able to spend more time with my kids. Someday. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves robbed today because of what used to be or what will be. I heard somebody say this week, Listen very closely. I heard him say this week, 70 to 80% of our thought life is consumed with yesterday or someday. 
I heard that, I thought, there's that 80-20 rule again. Here we are trying to generate out of 20% of our thinking something dynamic. We're spending 80% of our time thinking about yesterday that we will never get back. Or someday that we have a guarantee will never come. And we should be spending 20% on that and 80% on the power of now, the power of today. What are we going to do today that will make a difference today? What about that person you work with? Someday I'm going to share Jesus with them. Someday I'm going to pray for them. What about today? Someday I'm going to get enough time to have date night with my wife. What about today? Someday we can get around to working on our marriage. What about today? Working on our family. There's so many things it's easy to push off to the future and then say I'm pushing it off to the future because the past wasn't quite what I thought it would be. But the power of today is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Jesus said today, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And he'll add everything that you need. Quit worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow has sufficient trouble in itself. What is he saying? Every day you're going to face trouble. You can face trouble with him or face trouble without him. I'm just telling you right now, I've faced trouble with him and I've faced trouble without him. And trouble with him is far better. Now I know you're saying, I just do not face trouble. Well... It's not going to happen. Trouble comes. Jesus said trouble would come. He said trials would come. He said in the last days there would be trouble in our culture, in our society, in our world that would be hard to bear. There will be trouble. How are you going to bear it? You're going to bear it with him. How am I going to look at it? I'm going to look at today. What can I do today? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, Paul said this, he said, We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That word vain means useless. Don't receive the grace of God in an idea or a thought process that doesn't allow the grace of God to generate power in your life. See, the grace of God is not something that just covers you. It's the grace of God is not something to just say, oh, this is a part of the love of God, and isn't it so nice and God's grace? But the grace of God is exceedingly great power. And grace is an empowerment. And grace, when we receive it, is a favor that comes from God. Now listen, when you got favor that comes from God, When you walk around as a son and a daughter of God, when you walk around as an heir of God, you are empowered. Well, someday we walk around, 
oh, you know, so-and-so, the popular people, the, the important people, they don't like me too much. Listen, God has brought his grace, his favor that rests upon you. When you walk with the favor, the knowledge of the favor of God on you, not what will be, not what has been, but today God's favor is upon you. Come on, it's, it's like, seriously? When you know that God's favor is upon you every single day, you stand up boldly, throw your hands back, and you say, since God is for me today, then who could successfully be against me today? I can face today with my chin up high, my shoulders back, because today God's favor rests upon me. God is with me. God is for me. Who could successfully be against me? God is on my side. I can't be denied. He said, don't, don't let that be in vain. Don't let the favor of God be useless in resting upon your life. It's an empowerment. The power of God is generating on the inside of you. The apostle Paul said, today, today, there's a treasure on the inside of you in this earthen vessel. There's a treasure, and it's called the power of God. And Paul said, I want you to know that that treasure, that power of God is not of you. It's of God. And because of that, you might feel hard-pressed on every side, but you're never crushed. You might not know what's going on. You might be perplexed at everything that goes on today, but you're not in despair. You may feel persecuted, but you're not forsaken. Come on, today the grace of God, the power, the empowerment of God. Today you're empowered by the Almighty God. You're empowered by the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That same power and grace of God. Don't let that lie there in vain. Don't let resurrection power sit negative and say, you know what? I can't do it. I can't get up. You don't know about my past. It destroyed me. No, there's resurrection life to pick you up from the past and today put your feet on solid ground and say, listen, this is what I can do today because I have resurrection life and resurrection power teeming on the inside of me. Stirring up gifting, stirring up calling, stirring up strength to stand in the face of that. Don't let the grace of God be in vain that there's power on the inside of you to do and to know and to say. And it sits there useless. Third aspect of grace is a divine influence upon your heart that has its reflection in your life. There's something going on by the Holy Spirit of God. He's always trying to get things into your heart, through your heart, and out. There's something going on every day if we're paying attention to the grace of God that he's trying to let us know. He's leading and guiding us into truth. He's showing us things to come. He's working in us to will and to do of God's good pleasure. He's divinely influencing us on the inside so that our actions reflect that divine working on the outside. He said, don't let this grace be in vain. Sorry, I spent too much time on that. That's not even in my notes. But don't even let this grace of God be useless on your behalf because God gave it to us. But he said, here's what you'll say. And he takes this Old Testament scripture. He said, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And sometimes we're thinking, well, when the time gets acceptable. He said, in, a, in, in the day of salvation, I will help you. We say, well, in that day, when someday, God's going to help me. 
But he clarifies and he said, behold now. Everybody say now. He said, behold now is the acceptable time. Now is the acceptable time. Listen, you say, I, w- I just wish God, I-, I-, I want God to hear me. He said, in the accepted time, I will hear you. And then he said, now is the accepted time. Now's the time not to be reiterating and taking the talking points that you hear every day about the situations that we're in and, and, and hearing what everybody else is saying and hoping somebody's hearing what you're saying. But now's the time to go in before God and know now is the time. God is listening. I'm praying. I'm, de- I'm petitioning. I'm speaking in faith, and God is hearing. Why? Because now is the accepted time. And he said, I will hear you. And today is the day of salvation. When's this going to happen for me? When's my healing coming? When's my deliverance coming? When's my freedom coming? When am I going to feel saved? Today is the day of salvation, healing, wholeness, deliverance, prosperity. Today is the day. Well, someday when my ship comes in, what are you doing about your ship? Are you even building your ship today? You're always looking for the ship to come in. Are you building a dock? Are you building a a port? If your ship's going to come in, where's it coming into? What are you doing today? Come on. Today is the day. Isaiah chapter 43. Sorry you don't have this. I I sent him some stuff early, early, early this morning, about 2 o'clock. So... uh, (laughs) They're, they're, they're dancing around with the scriptures here. Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to get them to, to them by 2 o'clock, and I did, but it was supposed to be 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. You've seen this. You've heard this last year. Many people use this, but I want to bring out this point here. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. How many of you like a new thing? Most everybody, about half of you. Praise the Lord, we're like a new thing. And we think about that like, woo-wee, a new thing. But what does the next line say? Now. Now it will spring forth. We're like, man, I'm ready when, when God does a new thing. Boy, I'm looking forward to when God does a new thing. When's God going to do that new thing? Now. Now it will spring forth. And then his question is, shall you not know it? So how am I going to know that now God is doing a new thing? By getting your mind off of yesterday and off of someday and setting your mind on now. God, what are you doing right now? God, what are you saying to me right now? God, what are you showing me right now? Because God wants to show you some stuff right now that you've not seen before. God wants to say some things to you right now that you've not heard before. God wants to direct you in paths that you've not yet walked in. When is he going to do that? Right now. See, most of us say, I want God to do something, but you're talking about right now. I'm not ready right now. I'm not not ready to walk in a new path right now. See, this is where we get. Why aren't you ready? Well, because things have happened. We always can have an excuse. Boy, when's God going to do something? Now? Oh, no, not now. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, no, not now. Wait till I get married or have kids or. 
But he says, I'm going to do a new thing, and it's going to spring forth now. We just need to go ahead and open up and yield and say, okay, let her rip right now. You may think you're listening to me right now, but if you say, God, right now, right now, talk to me. He has an amazing way that he can talk to you through what we're saying right now. He has an amazing way that you can meditate on it. And every day he can begin to speak to you in that day now and show you what he is doing right now. Because I can tell you, you can listen to the news and think you know what's going on. You can watch what's going on. You can listen. You can be afraid about what's going to happen in your job. But right now, God is doing some stuff in the realm of the spirit that if we would see it right now, it would change everything. Come on, I, I just want to give you this example of you may have said it before, maybe you haven't. But how would you live differently if we said, Jesus is coming back Wednesday? Anybody change a few things if Jesus is coming back Wednesday? All right, I have three honest people. And there may be a few people who are honest who said, no, I'm doing, I'm doing everything I know to do. Good. But there are, are most people saying, whoa, if Jesus is coming back, I'm doing some house cleaning. When are you going to do that? Today. Why? Because he's coming Wednesday. I mean, I should have said he's coming back this afternoon. And if I said he's coming back this afternoon and you all didn't just run to the altars, <laughs> I'd be wondering. We're either doing it right, or y'all are just... But see, what we do is we live the way that we do, because Jesus is coming back someday. And right now in our generation, we have gotten really to the point where we hardly ever talk about Jesus coming again. And I'll just tell you as a leader, guilty, we haven't talked about it as much as we should. The old timers got some action because they kept saying, Jesus is coming soon. And with that knowledge that Jesus could come any day, he could come as a thief in the night. We wouldn't know about it. We wouldn't know the time and the season, although we should. I don't know about that. So right now, we're making sure our heart's clean. Right now, we're making sure we're forgiven. Right now, why? Why, why are you walking that way? Because Jesus could come back any time. And there's a mentality that tells us if Jesus could come back anytime, I want to be ready for his return. But you know what? If he's not coming back in my lifetime, I live totally different. And you can see how someday robs you of what you could be doing today. It robs me of what we could be doing today. And how do we get to the point that Jesus is coming someday? Because those old timers, those old timers said Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And has he come? But the Bible tells us about that. God is not slack as we count slackness, God has a purpose in his return for his church. And he has a purpose for any delay that it takes. And it's that every single person might come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And just think of the revival in our hearts and the revival in the church and the revival in the community. If we really begin to believe that we had impact on Jesus coming back and that his desire was to come back very soon... And we begin to live today, not based on someday, but setting the tone and setting the course. 
Come on, we have different examples in Mark the 10th chapter. Mark the 10th chapter, starting in the 17th verse, <clears throat> this young man, Jesus is walking down the road, and this young man, it says, he came and he ran, and he fell at Jesus' feet. And he said, what must I do to receive eternal life someday? And Jesus went through the commandments, and he said, oh, yesterday, from my youth, I've been doing those. I want you to tell me about what I need to do for someday. And Jesus said, well, then, today, you need to sell what you have and give it to the poor and come follow me today. And that rich young ruler felt really good about yesterday and how he had been living and he was very excited about learning about eternal life someday, but he became very sorrowful at what he needed to do today. And today, I believe that God wants to bring clarity and get to our heart because there are certain things we may have been doing and we're resting on either trials of the past or even successes of the past. Oh, I've been doing that. And I'm looking forward to, based on what I've been doing, to see someday this should turn out. But God wants to say, there's something that you need to be doing today. And if you look at today, I can deal with the things of today that will set a brand new course. In our future, the apostle Paul he had this same idea in Philippians chapter 3. He said, you know, they go through a whole idea of how they're living. He says, if you want to talk about that, I could talk about how things used to be. I'm a Pharisee among Pharisees. I've studied for every major position to be the best of the best that I could be. And he said, there's a prize of the mark of the high calling that I've now seen in Christ Jesus. He said, but right now, what am I doing right now? Right now, I'm forgetting what's behind. And right now, I'm doing what's necessary to move to that prize of the mark of the high calling. I ask you and I challenge you with this question, what about now? Are you spending 70 to 80% of your time thinking about yesterday and someday? Are you thinking about when you wake up in the morning, what about now? When you go to bed, what about now? What about today? What can I do today? Who can I impact today? How can I live my best life today? How can I laugh today? How can I be at peace today? How can I be at my, my best today? How can I work on my marriage today? How can I work on my relationship with my family today? How can I put my hand to something at work to the very best today? Well, you don't know what's happened to me at my job. How can you do the best today? We're not working as unto men. We're working as unto God. How can we do our best today? Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to crack this open in the next few weeks. Don't, don't miss it. I know 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, brother. We're going to crack it open just a little bit here. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now. Everybody say now. Come on, he goes through all this stuff explaining love, and he says, and now 
abide. Faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I ask you right now, how's your love walk? Right now, right now. Not I'll get around to loving someday. How's your love walk now? How's your hope right now? Have you let the circumstances of the day dash your hope? Say, I don't know when all this is going to clear up. I don't know what to do. Are you in a condition of saying, you know what, I'll wait and see what happens? Or is there a hope actively working in you right now? How's your faith walk right now? What are you believing God for right now? What are you trusting God with right now? Come on, listen to me right now. I want you to go out and think about this this week. What am I, what am I believing God for right now? Not just throw it off the cuff. Well, I'm believing God for a better life. I'm believing God for so many finances. I'm believing God for my house to be paid for. What are you, you know, what do you believe in right now? What are you trusting God with right now? What is that difficult thing that you're like, you know, I'll give that to God someday. I'll give, I'll give God that, that worry someday. I'll give God that offense someday. What are you trusting God with right now? Because so many times in the transformation of our life, we think, you know what? Whenever something happens big in my life, whenever I need that money, whenever I, I, I need that healing, whatever, I, then, then I will believe God. Listen, all of a sudden you come on that day and you're trying to believe God, and the yesterdays and the someday start to really pile in. But if today, what, what, why would I believe God for healing today? I don't feel bad. Because you're exercising your faith. For the little things, you're believing God for health every single day. You're declaring every single day that he took your infirmities and he bore your sicknesses. Well, why? I don't have any. No, you're exercising today your faith in what Jesus already did at the cross. So if the enemy attacks in a big way, you're like, I have already got this. I've been meditating on it. I've been saying it today. And because I say and confess my healing and confess my joy and confess my peace and confess my strength every day, when the enemy shows up someday to attack your life, it's not like any other day. It's to him, he's like, I got you today. And you're like, no, I've been believing God every single day. And today is no different than that day. We begin to practice and walk in those things today. Now abide. Faith, hope, and love. The Message Bible says it like this. But for right now, everybody say now. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do. Three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, and the best of these three is love. Love extravagantly. A year or so ago, we talked about becoming a disciple, and one of the main things about becoming a disciple is to love ex extravagantly. Mark the 12th chapter and the 28th verse. I know we know this. As soon as we start talking about love, the church kind of like, we got this, we got this. No, we don't. 
We don't. We got stuff that we're putting off. Who are you putting off loving today? Who's that person you're going to love when things work out? Who's that one person when they come back and they make it right that you're going to love then? Who's that person that gave you a dirty look for not wearing a mask the other day that you're just going to go ahead and love them? Who's that person that told you you can't? You're still going to love them. Boy, that got quiet. See, we know love in the big perspective, but he's, what are we going to do with love right now? What are we going to do when we're faced with the look on somebody's face? What are we going to do when we're faced with the person who stands opposite us and opposes our thoughts and our views? What are we going to do then? Are we going to love extravagantly or are we going to allow the flesh to come up and allow anger and allow bitterness and allow unforgiveness to take its root and its hold and bring destruction? Or are we going to be able to love extravagantly? What about now? Mark chapter 12 says this, then one of the scribes, verse 28, one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, he asked, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, everybody say all my heart, with all of your soul, everybody say all my soul, with all of your mind, everybody say all my mind. And with all your strength, everybody say, all my strength. The first commandment, this is the first commandment, and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. How you doing right now? Not in your mind, how you doing right now? With loving God with all of your heart. He said, they worship me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. How are we doing not just saying we love him, but how are we doing right now with loving him with everything? All of our heart. All of our mind. I look around, most of you, you know, there's some young people here, but many of you are married. At some point in time, I can guarantee you, you love that person with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. If you didn't, why did you marry him? Just want to know. It might have waned. It might have gone. But I'm just telling you, most people, it's just like, you know what? All my heart, man, it just goes pitter-patter. It's just, ah. Uh, I just, I know we're supposed to be together. And you can't stop thinking about him with all of your mind. I just can't stop thinking about him. With all of your soul, you feel that love. I mean, you just feel the goosebumps. You feel everything going on. And with all of your strength, you're coming and you're going. With all that you have, you're working 40 hours a week, 45 hours a week, 50 hours a week. But boy, I'll tell you what, you still make time to go on that date. You still make time to FaceTime. You still make time to see them. Why? Because I'm tired, but I still got strength to love you, babe. And somehow... Days start to go by, and it's not with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. How much more God? Oh, I love God with everything that I have, but how much of our strength are we giving to loving God? How much of our thoughts are we giving to loving God? How much of our heart are we giving to loving God? And today, 
Well, I'll get to that. I got, I'm busy right now. I don't really have time to pray or to think about God during the day. I got work to do. Seriously? If you loved him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, we were loving him with our mind, and he'd start talking to you about work and making it. Mark chapter 5, verse 43. Remember, now, now, not later, now abide faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. We're talking about this extravagant love. He said, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. How many of you are loving your enemies now? Just a question. I know nobody raise your hand. Bless those who curse you. How many of you are blessing those who are making you uncomfortable right now? I know we, we get this. I, I, I'll just say I, I understand because I do. I, sometimes it gets to that point of like, really? Really, you want me to bless them? Really, you want me to love them? And, you know, the answer always on the inside of me is, yes, really. Sometimes I get this question back to me. Would you like to live free? Would you like to walk into that thing that you're looking forward to? Yes, I would. Then really pray for them. Then really love them. Okay. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and those who persecute you. Come on, we live in a day today. Not when all this stuff gets over. Not when the news is good. Not when nobody looks different than me. Nobody opposes me. Nobody has different opinions. We're living in this place where right now, extravagant love is incredibly important to us, the church. To people who don't look like us, talk like us, think like us, people who don't share the same opinions, the same politics, the same, the enemy has come to divide us as a nation. He's come to separate us. He's come to put up dividing walls between us. And there is something that never fails, something that's more powerful than anything else, and it's called the love of God. And it doesn't mean you accept everything, you adopt their opinion. It doesn't mean you become like them. It doesn't mean any of that. There's a supernatural love that is patient with them, that is kind to them. There's a supernatural force that doesn't make it all about you. It makes it about someone else. It doesn't make it all about me. It makes it about someone else. There is a divine force and a divine power. And when you begin to work in that today, it creates a hope in you. And the Bible says that hope won't make you ashamed. Well, I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to love that person and have things go wrong. I don't want to invest in love and have that thing go wrong. He said, no, we know the love of God, and we're not ashamed to put out the force of the love of God. We're not ashamed to look forward to what that will t transpire because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow, not the next day. Wait a minute, I tried to love this person. I tried to love that person. 
last time you talked on love and they're still just as nasty and mean? Well, you're looking at yesterday. Well, I don't see that they're ever going to change just by me loving them. You got someday. What about now? And our perspective of why we love them, is it going to change them? Are they going to be different? No, it's about what God's put on the inside of us. Are we going to live in the grace that God puts on our life today? Because today is the day of salvation. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you for this great day called today. Help us to realize we'll never get today back. Even today, Sunday, where we see the same people sitting in the same seats week after week, and we think, yeah, they'll be here next week. Next week, I'll say hi. Next week, I'll give them that air high five. I'll, next week, we have no guarantee of tomorrow. What about now? God, help us right now to see that today is a valuable and precious day. We'll never get today back. You've given us today. It's so powerful. It's so wonderful. It's so awesome. What can be done today if we just ask ourselves, what about now? I challenge God. I ask you by the Spirit to challenge each one throughout our days to be thinking, what can I do now? We thank you for working in us, working through us. By your grace, we determined to not let it be in vain. That we'll embrace today as the day of salvation. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.